Welcome to My Therapist is Out, an open space therapy collective podcast. We are your hub for queer and trans mental health care. Each episode, we talk with one of our open space therapists or LGBTQ community member about mental health and building community. I am your host, Renee Johnson, they, them. Founder of Open Space Therapy Collective, I'm a licensed therapist and an art therapist. I specialize in working with queer artists who are exploring their gender identity and recovering from complex trauma. This week, we are talking with Debbie White, she, her. Debbie is an associate therapist and art therapist with Open Space Therapy Collective. Debbie specializes in working with queer and BIPOC teens and young adults who are looking to grow into themselves and find their voice. As we dive into today's topic, please keep in mind that this is a mental health podcast and we will talk about sensitive issues. If you would like to be informed of any trigger warnings, please read the podcast description. <laughs> Welcome to My Therapist is Out and Open Space Therapy Collective Podcast. Let's do that. No way! We're keeping it! We're keeping it! Keep it! <laughs> Keep it! Uh, we have our therapist, Debbie White, with us here today. We're so excited to have you. Oh, thank you. And we are talking about healing from being rejected by your family, mm-hmm. uh, which in the middle of holiday season, I think is a really important one to talk about. It sure is. And also, anytime we have like elections that are coming up, whether they're local or big, there's always a difference of opinion that comes out that that can spark the whole conflict which can lead to rejection oh my god yeah yeah but first let's cover what is yeah rejection rejection is when we feel rejected when we're not included uh accepted or approved of and that's you know textbook yeah Mm -hmm. so rejection includes uh involves the loss of something we've had Mm -hmm. or wanted um it is also like abandonment leaves us feeling unwanted, unloved, and not good enough, Mm -hmm. right? So rejection leads to false beliefs. False beliefs that um, we're inadequate. Mm -hmm. And also that leads to putting up emotional walls. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, it, we're naturally, we want to just like say, hey, there, rejection was too painful. I don't want to experience that again. So we just naturally put up a wall to protect ourselves. Or if we anticipate someone is going to reject us, we reject them first. Yeah. But unfortunately, it doesn't make the pain or the hurt like go any less. No. It just sometimes it makes it worse. Yeah. Right. And, um, and so we, there's a lot of experiences, right? We could talk about bullying, uh, not being invited to the prom, to not being invited to birthday parties or excluded from company after work things. There's a slew of experiences that we mm-hmm. could touch upon that's under the umbrella of rejection. But we are going to focus on family rejection. Yeah. 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 And that can be extra confusing mm-hmm. because like... With friends, if you don't get invited to a party, but everybody else does, well, that sucks, and that's pretty clear. Um, it still hurts. It still hurts, and mm-hmm. it, it sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, with family, it often can be in a huge spectrum of, you're gay, get the fuck out of my house, yep. to quiet, 
snubs or calling your partner your friend even though you've been with your partner for not, years um, respecting your pronouns um, not expecting your the way you want to dress right mm. I I have worked with adolescents who one adolescent shared that one year they felt very preppy and then the next school year they were pretty much emo and then the next year they were like a rocker babe and every time they were just exploring different styles mm -hmm. uh, before they realized in their senior year they just really love fashion and they want to explore a whole lot and but every time every school year all they can remember is that one aunt mm. that'd be like what are you this year mm -hmm. you know halloween's only october mm -hmm. you know always making a comment and giving backhanded compliments yeah. and it she didn't realize how much that stayed with her until she went into fashion industry and she was trying like the professors that she was working with she's trying to uh, outlay different styles, different seasons, and one of them had a tone that was like the aunt, mm. and it just was horrible for her. So she went back into therapy to try and process all of that. So it's something that stays with us. It's um, rejection, like criticisms, they mm -hmm. stay with us. Mm -hmm. Long after that person stops criticizing you, or you do it yourself, mm -hmm. rejection can kind of work that way too. Mm -hmm. Oh, before. Renee rejects me and my friendship. I'm just going to reject myself, mm -hmm. or I may reject her. Mm -hmm. That. Yeah, and we get it like it internalizes it. I often think of it as like little worms that get into the back of our brain that just continue to be like that outfit makes you look like you're. It's Halloween. You really going to wear that out? You know what people are going to think. Nobody's going to come and like want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just. Gnawing. Gnawing and gnawing and gnawing. And that's like a lot of what we talk about when we talk about in internalized feelings or internalized language or mm -hmm. who is that really saying that is like, yes, it's in your head, but that's not your voice. That's coming mm -hmm. from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Like I, there's a young man that I met briefly at a one workshop, one time workshop, and he was sharing his story about how, uh, Someone outed him to his mother. Mm. He's in a small town. And mother immediately took him to church to pray the gay away. Mm -hmm. Ten years later, that trauma experience stayed with him. Mm -hmm. And he finds himself like in a space where that person who tried to pray to... And he had this anger... Yeah. Up, right and so you have stories like that and the person is still dealing with it and for a long time he thought he was just bad because I didn't fit the norm or mm -hmm. something must be wrong with me those are the things that rejection leads to with those ruminating self-talk uh, self-talk and overthinking and it becomes like ruminating so you constantly Mm -hmm. saying it to yourself and the more you keep saying to yourself you feed into the false belief mm -hmm. of who you are mm -hmm. and then that's where we come in yeah right yeah you know as you're saying that it's it's such a joy stealer mm -hmm. right like when these rejections and especially when they're coming from family that it hits us in such a deep core space that it takes up space that joy would normally exist, yeah. right? Like if he came out to his mom and his mom was like, oh great, I can't wait, wait to meet your sweetheart and you know, whatever moms say, yeah. um, he would have been able to f 
have and experience so much more joy around relationships, joy in that um, part, relationship with his mom, with his partner, with his friends, mm -hmm. and that re that rejection just goes in, nope, and it's done. Right. And, it's, and it makes you question everything about you the moment the person doesn't accept you for who you are. Mm -hmm. You start questioning every little thing you do. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> on a, another note, rejection can also be, there is some positive to it. Say more. Say more. <laughs> I mean, you're, we're jumping a guy, but... I just want to put this out there so it's not all doom and gloom. But mm -hmm. sometimes if your family rejects you, it could be a good thing mm -hmm. for your mental health, mm -hmm. for your well-being, stepping away from your family, getting to know you more mm -hmm. and be more your authentic self, finding your voice will help you be strong enough mm -hmm. that let time pass by. You never know what will happen. Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer when I have clients, I always point out, hey, let's focus on what we can control, mm -hmm. not what we cannot control. Mm -hmm. And when I have them do an art therapy directive, I usually ask them to identify, trace your hand. I'll <laughs> do that. Trace your hand. Are we going to make a turkey? <laughs> no, we're not going to make a turkey. It's Thanksgiving coming up, so maybe we will. No, mm -hmm. but trace your hand. Inside the hand, list all the things that you feel you can control. Outside of the hand, list the things that you cannot control. And I usually give them one. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, you can't control the weather, mm -hmm. but you can control how you dress for it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the weather fools us. If you're in California, eh, we all are confused. <laughs> we, how many of us have sweaters and <laughs> and boots in our car, yeah, right? Totally. So, um, but that's the exercise mm -hmm. I give. And that's, that's when they're working with me. Then when they leave me, I said, okay, now what I want you to do is whenever you feel like life is overwhelming and you feel like you can't control things, I want you to just list the things that you can control mm -hmm. and focus on that. Mm -hmm. We cannot We cannot control other people's thoughts, what they say about us, what they think about us, what they do um, to make our life a little harder. Like if you're in a household with parents who don't accept you for who you are, whatever your platform is, mm -hmm. they can make things harder for you. Especially if you're under 18, you have to live there, you have to live by their rules mm -hmm. and all, until you get to an age where you can do mm -hmm. otherwise, right? So when you focus on the things that you can control, that at least helps you mm -hmm. to set healthy boundaries. Mm -hmm. And so there's a whole slew of that that I talk about. But my very quick way is to say, always remind yourself, what other people say and think about you is none of your business. None of your business. There you go. <laughs> you know, as you say that, it's, it makes me reflect on my own history in growing up in a very religious environment. Mm -hmm. Um, bordering on cult-like environment, they always preach, love everybody, love everybody, love everybody. Um, Turn but, the other cheek. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> God is love. Blah, blah, blah. But you always, or I always felt this undercurrent of just, like, almost like this undercurrent of rage and this undercurrent of, like, but don't you dare. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't till I stepped away from that environment where I saw that show up in all of them, mm -hmm. um, family, church family, all of that, reject me at the drop of the hat and I've never heard from him again. Mm -hmm. And it was so, it was extremely hurtful at the time, mm -hmm. but also they didn't mean anything they were saying. 
if love to them and acceptance to them is you do exactly what we believe and how we believe it and da 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 that's not that's not love and acceptance no. and so while it while it is hurtful it's also them showing me who they actually are and who they actually are 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 not loving people okay. and so a lot of my own work has been separating from like i i'm not pining after that love and acceptance mm -hmm. because their version of it is cruel it's not the love and acceptance that you want no. that you gravitate to yeah it is quite complex to talk about the family dynamics especially when it comes to rejection right even with the concept when you say like they don't even mean the things that they say right i'm also a firm believer that people regurgitate mm -hmm. you're as mm -hmm. best managed as you've been managed and i often tell the story about you know like the great-grandfather who you still call his kids by throwing a brick at them and then when that kid grows up he throws a can and when that kid grows up he says why well, I don't like I never liked the can being thrown at me I'm gonna throw a pillow mm -hmm. and when that kid grows up he's like why are we throwing anything just call my name mm -hmm. sometimes it takes generation after generation after generation before there is a fundamental change in the family belief system mm -hmm. and how we treat one another mm -hmm. Then if you add in religion, mm -hmm. it is so extra mm -hmm. complex because we all know that people, whether subconsciously or not, will use something for their benefit. Mm -hmm. So a parent will tell you, don't eat too much candy, you'll get worms in your belly. <laughs> it's not true, but yeah. that's what they grew up mm -hmm. hearing to prevent you from eating mm -hmm. too much candy. Mm -hmm. And it worked for the, on them, so mm -hmm. they said, let me see if it works mm -hmm. on you. But then they come across that smart kid like mm -hmm. me. But why? Mm -hmm. But why? I was a why kid. But why? Mm -hmm. I would ask why until I couldn't get the answer anymore. And I'm like, how is that possible? <laughs> and so... What do you do with a kid like that, yeah. right? And so people are just very complex. Yeah. And that's why I said that there is some positivity to your family rejecting you mm -hmm. because it gives you an opportunity to find your own chosen family. Yeah. Um, surround yourself by the type of love and acceptance that you know that's out there. Mm -hmm. You gravitate to it. And we know it's out there because mm -hmm. when we're at school, mm -hmm. we could be one way with our friends. And when we go home, we're like, oh, mm -hmm. you're another way, right? Mm -hmm. That's your first sign that there isn't love and acceptance the way you want to gravitate mm -hmm. to. And so embrace. I love the fact, since this is going to be out on Thanksgiving, I love the fact that Friendsgiving mm -hmm. has been really great. Coming from a Caribbean background, we never did, my mom never could assimilate into the American way of Thanksgiving, which is, you know, your turkey and your cranberry sauce. We didn't do that. She tried it one year. It was a disaster. <laughs> we were all little and she was the only one eating mm -hmm. turkey for days because we all liked the wing or the leg <laughs> and would fight about it. And we were cranberry, what's that? <laughs> you know, so my mom, after, I think I was seven at the time, she mm -hmm. was like, that, that's it. Mm -hmm. After that, we our Thanksgiving has always been the foods that we don't always eat every day in our culture. We save up for Thanksgiving and Christmas, the holidays. And Thanksgiving became more of a family gathering because mm -hmm. we're all busy and working. Yes, there is some truth to Jamaicans having more than one job. <laughs> but we would all find that time to get together. Mm -hmm. And we're laughing, as my mother say, uh, talk shit. 
Wait, well, how did she say it again? Chat shit and have fun and make merry. It's <laughs> so adorable. That's basically it. I, I'm probably messing it up. But anyway, the memory is there, mm-hmm. right? And so it became all our favorite dishes. And that to me is like, oh, Thanksgiving is mm-hmm. we spend time with our loved ones and we laugh and create memories and we eat our favorite foods. Mm-hmm. I do the same thing with my boys. We end up going to the movies and we come home and we eat something simple. I don't do a whole lot of cooking because it's just three of us. Mm-hmm. At the same time, if I had Friendsgiving, we all get together and we do potluck. And then, you know, you can create your own mm-hmm. version of anything and you can create your own holidays. It doesn't have to be the national holiday. You mm-hmm. can pick a date and say, every year on this day, I'm going to get together at the beach with my friends and we're mm-hmm. just going to hang out. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. So the moment we open up our mind, to accepting that we don't have to do what what's <laughs> when we open up our minds and we don't have to repeat and rinse what we've been fed before then we open our minds to create a whole new world yeah and so that's why i say sometimes a rejection from your family could be a good thing. Mm-hmm. It gives you an opportunity to find your authentic voice, create your world, create mm-hmm. your your tribe that you vibe with, um, and just be you. Mm-hmm. We're only on this earth one time as who we are. Mm-hmm. How do we want to live it? Mm-hmm. Beautifully said. I thank you. I do, Chuck. <laughs> I think there's a piece in here, too, and I know that you have some really wonderful things, smart things, wonderful things to say about it, is there's a healing process that happens, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Like whether it's a get out of my house from your family or it's can, you know, death by a thousand pa- paper cuts or it's the passive aggressive or it's just nobody's saying it, but clearly you're not wanted there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there's a lot of grief that happens mm-hmm. and dealing with and processing that, that grief is really important. Mm-hmm. And while grief doesn't go away, your life can get bigger around it. And so it doesn't have as much of an impact Right. So I'm curious to hear from you because I know you've been thinking about this. Like, what are some healing ways or ways of healing through this type of rejection and finding chosen family and and really building those relationships is a great first one. Yeah. When you said that finding a chosen family, it reminds me of, um, and I'm sure he won't mind me sharing this, but my cousin mm-hmm. came out to me when he was 19, and I wanted to be like. Boy, please, I knew already <laughs> since you were three, but I knew how important it was for me not to say that because mm-hmm. I didn't want to minimize what I knew was a lot for him. So mm-hmm. if you have a loved one out mm-hmm. there that you suspect is gay, non-binary, just don't, um, I think they would be so appreciated if you just allow them to express themselves and then just let them know that you mm-hmm. love them for who they are. Mm-hmm. And that's what I ended up doing. Mm-hmm. And then later on, I told him that I had that, like mm-hmm. I wanted to say, and he laughed. And mm-hmm. he, I said, I've been babysitting you since you were a baby. Like, mm-hmm. I knew by age three that you would not like the other boys. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, but I felt honored that you chose me to mm-hmm. be the first person to come out to. Mm-hmm. I served as his safe space when the other family members weren't so nice. Yeah. His mom was accepting, which was great. Dad had to get over himself. Mm-hmm. But 
he at least had a mom that would never kick him out, right? So that's important is that if you're in a situation where you want to come out to family, please look at the family members that you think will be supportive to you first and mm -hmm. then choose them mm -hmm. to give you that extra support. Mm -hmm. As far as the healing, if like say everyone in the family, although your parents, which will weigh heavy on you the most because we are raised to think, but our parents got together, made us, they're supposed to love and accept us. Mm -hmm. And when you don't get that, the pain is very hard. Mm -hmm. um, please acknowledge and feel your emotions. Um, I say journal your feelings. Mm -hmm. uh, even repeat positive affirmations. Mm -hmm. I like, I am worthy of love and respect. Mm -hmm. And I also like, um, I am lovable. I'm worthy and I have a purpose. Mm -hmm. And it's very important that you remind yourself that, you know, rejection is not related to your self-worth. Yeah. You, you do something on our social medias, which I think is really powerful and really important, um, that you, you come on every couple of weeks and share mantras. Mm -hmm. And I think this is really important in this process as you're talking about like things that you're telling yourself is these mantras are really important. They are. Um, and you posted something, but it'll, it'll be a little bit since that post went and this, this shows up. And I wonder if you could share that again and what, sure. what mantras do for you and what this continual like self-talk and taking that five to 10 minutes a day can actually do for you. Well, mantras are an ancient praxis. Um, they've been around forever. Different cultures have different ways about doing it. Um, but basically, when you say a positive affirmation to yourself, you are reducing your stress. You are relieving any depressive symptoms that you may have. You are actually speaking life into your own body, mind, and soul. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like there's a bunch of mantras that I've shared, and I have more, because I can <laughs> always come up with more. But I think it's important that you go and you grab the one that speaks to you, even if it's one for the whole week. And then that way you can choose one every week and you'll have forever a list of mantras. Mm -hmm. um, to the point where I say, write them down. It's the last thing you see before you go to bed and the first thing you see when you wake up in the morning. Oh, it puts your mind in a positive frame mm -hmm. so that you can deal with whatever struggles you're going through. Mm -hmm. And so just know that it is a mindfulness practice. Uh, there's no wrong or right way to do it. I should say there's no wrong way to do it. Doing it makes it feel right for you. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I live by mantras. Mm -hmm. I actually, and there, if you could find a guided meditation, there's one that I listen to, like literally it's like uh, taking back my power. So if I'm having a really stressful week, month, <laughs> uh, or I have some clients that are really struggling and I'm empathizing with them, like I have to remind myself that um, I'm just holding for them. Mm -hmm. But sometimes that can be tricky for us, right? We're holding so much for our clients that we kind of like, oh, wait a minute, is this what I'm feeling or am I feeling this for someone else? So I have a guided meditation that I listen to and mm -hmm. I have my own mantra. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, they're very powerful. They are, yeah. they are, and very important. Um, and I think they really get dismissed. Like, 
we'll have a lot of, I don't know if you have this, but I'll have clients come in and be like, don't tell me you're going to tell me to say mantras to myself. That's such bullshit. And it's like, okay, I understand why it's Gwyneth Paltrow has like made this really tacky. Uh, um, oh, did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> She's loaded. She doesn't need us. It's fine. Um, but when it's done authentically and it's done right and it's done for something that you really need, mm-hmm. um, it's super powerful and really important. Yeah. And I say, you know, I have clients. If I had a client that mm-hmm. actually said that, I don't think I ever had one. No, well, I did. Was it psych and patient psych and. Yeah, we won't talk about that person. Anyway, but if the the client that says that to you, I would just change words. Mm -hmm. Okay, don't consider it mantras. Consider it positive Mm -hmm. self-talk. Whenever you're going through something, I want you to pick a phrase that's a positive self-talk to help you stay grounded. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've learned to change words around Mm -hmm. because... We cannot control what other people's past experiences has been mm-hmm. um, when they hear certain words. Yeah. Um, if you grew up in a household where you had a family member who's like, oh, don't bring that new age cycle babble to me. Mm-hmm. No matter what you say to them, they're going to think it's new age cycle mm-hmm. babble. But if you say things like, um, I hear how you're feeling and I understand and I'm going to just give a space and walk away. Look at that. You have practiced something you've learned in therapy without naming, mm-hmm. hey, this is what I learned in therapy for that person to just dismiss it with mm-hmm. a psychological babble, right? Mm-hmm. So there's always different ways that we can present things. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So. As I do a lot of like parts work mm-hmm. um, in the way that I do therapy is like there's different parts of us. And so mm-hmm. often there'll be a, a part that needs more support than... Yep. And there'll be another part that can offer that support. Mm-hmm. And so like, hey, there's a part of you that's really scared. Can we say really encouraging things to that that mm-hmm. scared part? And you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because you do part part works. Have you, and you've probably done this, like remind the client that there's three parts of us, like the child and the child, the parent and the, um, what's the other one? The it's, higher self. The higher, yeah. Mm-hmm. People are fascinated with mm-hmm. that because we don't realize how we switch up things to give ourselves what we need because mm-hmm. we either do it automatically mm-hmm. or we do it through trauma because mm-hmm. of trauma, mm-hmm. right? When you were that scared kid, mm-hmm. like you did the soothing thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and now you're an adult. Mm-hmm. When you're that scared kid, you still soothe. Mm-hmm. People don't really think about that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I want to chat. We need to do a trauma episode. It keeps coming up. I know. <laughs> but it's also relevant in this, in healing from family rejection is yeah. there are little kid parts of yourself yeah. that are, are going to be really hurt. And there are adult parts of yourself that are going to be hurt. And they're, and they can support each other yeah. in different ways. Like Absolutely. Um, one of the things I also say is like meet with a therapist. Like after you've been rejected by your family, if, okay, it's twofold. Sometimes you may not want to seek a therapist right away because you're in the heart of your feelings and trying to process like all that hurt. Mm -hmm. That's fine. You can journal, you can talk to someone that you can trust. Um, You can surround yourself around with people that love you. 
until you get to that place where you're like, okay, I'm ready to process this with a therapist so I can heal, mm-hmm. right? And then there are moments where you're like, oh my God, all of these feelings are too overwhelming. I can't, I can't. Then I would say, seek a therapist right away. Mm-hmm. And you can go by referrals. You can check with your insurance carrier or you can do, uh, where are we listed? We're listed. Psychology Today, today Inclusive Therapist. Therapy. Therapy Den, yeah, internets, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they're going to help you process this in a way that's going to help you regulate. Mm-hmm. So definitely get a therapist. Refrain from the ruminating, negative self-talk. You know, like, oh, um, I'm no good, or you're making a connection to the the rejection as part of your self-worth. Instead, I'd like you to, to really, really, even if it sounds scripted, say something like this. This is really hard, but I know I'm going to be okay. Even if you don't know at that moment that you're gonna be okay, it's important to say that. You're mm-hmm. acknowledging the pain, you're acknowledging that it's hard, and that you know that you're gonna be okay because you have resources. Mm-hmm. Um, We talked about uh, you stepping away from family uh, as a positive thing. And then the one that I, I wouldn't say the last thing, but it's very important. We just focus on our Mm self-care, focus on giving us what we need. Mm -hmm. Uh, It could be that pint of your favorite ice cream. It could be you rolled up like a burrito in your comforter while you eat the ice cream and watch your favorite comedy show. Whatever it is, no judgment. Mm -mm. Give yourself what you need at that moment. Mm -hmm. It could be a good cry. Mm -hmm. Crying, I'm a a firm believer in crying. Mm -hmm. Crying and then laughing spontaneously. Mm -hmm. Like there's something about those two different uh, acts that relieves a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like the, biggest is the, the flight or fight or our responses in our nervous systems yeah. it relieves a lot of that um so yeah there's yeah. there's more i can probably think of <laughs> yeah but this is a lot and it's a yeah. really good it's a really good start and it's really important and i think as two people who've spent a lot of time finding our chosen family mm-hmm. and really separating from the toxic family that we have some DNA that we share share yeah. with. Yeah. Um, that it's it is a process. It is a continual process, but it's something that is really powerful when you find your chosen siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, that that empowers you in an, in a different way, and it can even more so than your your birth family ever could. Yes, and I also want to stress that. Just because you were birthed into this family doesn't give them permission to treat you like mm, shit. Mm-hmm. I mean... Can you say that again, please? Just because you were birthed into this family doesn't give them permission to treat you like shit. No, no. There's so much, like, obligation mm. and, like, well, they are my parents, so they... It's okay. No, it's not. No, no. it's not. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. If you wouldn't treat a stranger like that... Your parents don't get to treat you like that. If you wouldn't accept a stranger to treat you Mm -hmm. like that, then your parents, your siblings, your cousins, your aunties, whoever it is that's considered family, Mm -hmm. don't, they don't get a pass. Mm -mm. They don't. So it's, this is coming around Thanksgiving. If you have 
see if it's at the right time. Your Friendsgiving doesn't have to be on Thanksgiving. It could mm -hmm. be whenever you want it to be. So let's say you see this after or you hear this after you've had a horrific Thanksgiving at your family house. I'd like you to shake off that memory by creating your own thanks, mm -hmm. uh, Friendsgiving mm -hmm. and make it your own. Mm -hmm. And then think about for next year what you want mm -hmm. and how you want to spend it. Yeah. 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 And it can look like whatever. It can be going to the taco stand. It can be finding a diner. It can be watching movies at somebody's place. It could be like Chinese food or mm -hmm. ramen or whatever mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. it could, and it can change every year. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and it could be at different friends' houses every mm -hmm. year. So, yeah. Thank you so much. This is um, one that is close to my heart. Um, and really important. I'm curious, what what was it about this topic that was you were drawn to talking about? So, full disclosure, I divorced my ex-husband. Whole nother topic. <laughs> that. But when I divorced him, my youngest was five, and my well, when I separated, my youngest, my oldest was five, and my youngest was four months old, and I didn't have the support from my family mm -hmm. uh, the family that I grew up we all grew up around the big house and always cousins always coming in and out well, the, the house was never empty mm -hmm. and I had babysat and taking care of other people's kids and now here I am an adult going through a, a really hard time in my life with two young ones and the only one that stood by me was one of my three sisters uh, two of them are here one was in England so she stood by me by phone, mm -hmm. but the one that the one of the two that was here stood by me the most. That's it, and my friends. Mm -hmm. And I learned early on that family's who you make, mm -hmm. not who you were born into. Yeah. And so I made a decision early on that, which was difficult because here I am raising two young boys. How do I tell them that they matter to each other because they're family mm -hmm. if they grow up witnessing me keeping them away from my family, mm -hmm. which they, I consider them dysfunctional mm -hmm. and I didn't want them around that. Mm -hmm. So it's been a process for me and I still kind of struggle with yeah. it. And now both my boys are older and I know they love each other, but they're so fundamentally different that when they clash, I just basically say give each other space and I don't guilt them into like you have to love your brother. I know that they love each other, but they're two different beings mm -hmm. and one son might be on a spectrum, which is a whole nother topic. Mm -hmm. So that's where the difficulties come in when they do clash. But ultimately we are a loving family mm -hmm. and they I've taught them that you don't have to put up with people mistreating you mm -hmm. regardless of who they are mm -hmm. so this is a topic that is dear to my heart yeah and I love being an uncle to those boys they yes. are the sweetest <laughs> Debbie's boys are the sweetest they love you yeah. being <laughs> they're like oh great <laughs> so um, yeah thanks for being part of my chosen family always always Oh, <laughs> sorry, Alex. If that was really sorry, mushy. Sorry, mushy. <laughs> uh, mushy. Yeah. Um, well, this is a really big one, and I know it's a really big one for our extended queer family during this time. Please reach out to us, um, whether DM, email, reach out to um, all sorts of warm lines. Uh, we'll put in the descriptions. Yep. Um, there's a lot of support out there right now. Mm -hmm. um, 
and all you have to do is reach out and ask for it. Yeah. In the and meantime, we do have like a newsletter, so mm -hmm. we'll probably be touching the page. Uh, have something printed with all of the tips that I've suggested mm -hmm. and yeah, yeah I'll have something to go to yeah all right <laughs> um, thank you so much for joining us today uh, if you are interested in working with Debbie you can find out more about her at our website openspacetherapycollective.com uh, if therapy is not it for you right now, uh, come find us on Instagram and TikTok, Open Space Therapy Collective, or My Therapist is Out. Mm -hmm. um, there's all sorts of wonderful mantras that Debbie does, silliness, somatic yeah. therapies that our other and staff does. We'll probably does. have some workshops that we'll have provided mm -hmm. in the future, so keep us on that, you know, alert yeah. button. <laughs> yeah, in the meantime, subscribe, share. Please rate. I know everybody says that it does really matter and it's really helpful. Yeah. Um, otherwise, we will see you in a couple weeks. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. If you're in California and looking for a therapist, visit our website at openspacetherapycollective.com and book a free intro call with one of our therapists. If you're enjoying My Therapist Is Out, please rate, review, and follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. My Therapist Is Out is an Open Space Therapy Collective podcast. Our therapists are Renee Johnson, Kristen Crow, Debbie White, Jenny Nigro, and Tara Friedman. Our podcast editing is done by Smash and Grab Studio. We'd love to hear from you about today's topic, so you can email us at info at openspacetherapycollective.com. You can find us on TikTok and Instagram at My Therapist Is Out and Open Space Therapy Collective. Thanks for listening.